Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. So, when things get tough, when things get crazy, we see a lot of chaos, we really, really, really would love to see some kind of handwriting in the sky. You know, we want some kind of fantastic sign, supernova, or something where God basically just throws up a flare and says, Yes, I'm here, I'm here. But And then, when that doesn't happen, and by the way, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, sometimes uh, we get tunnel vision and we're looking for not just a sign, but the sign we want. But anyway, back to the story. It's hard, or you know, it's hard to to kind of push past that because sometimes we just want you know some type of miraculous kind of Red Sea uh, splitting experience, and uh, and when it doesn't come, we were like, oh man, you know, is he really out there? Is he really there? Well, yes, he is. Now, easy for me to say, right? Let me throw something at you, though. God, especially now, but even in biblical times, worked behind the scenes. When you read in Kings where things were happening and and armies were opposing Israel, there were times that all of a sudden, you know, the army woke up and everybody was dead. And that was God doing that. Um, other times, there was sorry of a whisper in the the uh, in the uh, trees. It sounded like a marching army and then people just run around in chaos. And then we kind of wonder, you know, you, you think about, well, you know we're talking about an all-powerful God. I don't understand why he just did to squash him. Well, it goes back to something that I've mentioned before, and that is free will. Free will. God doesn't force, uh, currently, people to obey him. God wants people to willfully obey him. And the people that don't want to obey him do get their, their just reward, okay? But not in the time frame we want them to get it, because we really, you know, because to be honest, let I mean, just to be, just to be honest, if you really deep dig deep down, people would love to see what what's known as poetic justice. Poetic justice means you do the crime and the punishment is equal to the crime and immediate. For example, if someone murdered another person, they would drop dead. I mean, just immediately, boom, drop dead. But it doesn't work that way. Because God uses people in his processes. Guess what? 
You know, why does he do that? Well, we're his people. And he knows we're not perfect. He wants us to strive to be that way. But he gets it. Now, talk about God behind the scenes. Sometimes things are going on and we just don't see it. Now, let me give you an example of one of my favorite prophets. Okay, And this is interesting to me anyway because... Uh, when you think of the book of Kings, a lot of when you think about prophets, you think about Elijah. Man, talk about wild, called down fire from heaven, opposed King Ahab and Jezebel, toe to toe, killed all the prophets of Baal, um, ran, outran a chariot, outran a chariot with a horse, outran it on foot. Okay, in the special strength of God. On the, on the plains of Jezreel. Okay, that's booking. Outran a chariot being drawn by a horse, or at least one, maybe two, on foot. Did some really wild and fantastic stuff, and didn't die, by the way. God took him to, to heaven. But he's, you know, he's like the quintessential prophet, and, by the way, in, uh, in Jewish thought, um, he's going to come back. Uh, every uh, every Passover, there is a chair left open and empty at the Passover table for Elijah. But the one I'm thinking about is Elisha. Elisha, his heir apparent. Elisha had a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. Elijah was so full of the spirit that when he was dead his bones brought a dude back to life okay get this but a lot of reasons I like Elisha but let's let's look at this particular one and this is in 2 Kings 6 so basically the king of Syria and the king of Israel were like at each other and uh, and the king, every time something the king of Syria wanted to do something to the king of Israel, uh, Elisha knew about it and then told the king of Israel about it. And then all the plans for the king of Syria went south. Well, this got on the king of Syria's, you know, nerves pretty, pretty heavy. But anyway, in Second uh, Kings six. You see that, uh, let's look at uh, 2 Kings six eleven. Start there for a second, okay? It says, And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And what thing is he talking about? He's talking about the fact that every time he, he planned something, it went, cra- it went south because it seemed like the king of Israel found out about it. Now, continuing, And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, he's going, okay, there's a spy. Got a spy in here. Anyway, verse 12. And one of his servants says, None, my lord king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. 
And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. And it was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he, the king, sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Now when the servant of the man of God, that being Elisha, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, and that was Elisha, said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. And he struck them with blindness in accordance to the prayer of Elisha. Now, interesting. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for for a reason. So, look. First of all, uh, there were warriors all around Elisha. Chariots of fire. But God didn't send all those warriors to kill everybody in Assyria, in, in the Syrian army. Instead... Uh, there were other plans in the works. But Elisha saw those guys. Saw, I say guys, but they're angels, obviously, in this situation. They're messengers from God, and they're ready for battle. But you got to understand that, you know, they weren't visible. They weren't visible. God protects his people. God protects his people. That was chaos. I mean, Elisha woke up, and the whole blooming city was surrounded by the Syrian army. Surrounded by the army. Well, that right there will make you, you know, kind of, whoa, okay, I'm going to die. But... God had other plans. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Let me share another story, if I could. I read the book by Billy Graham, Angels. And in that book is a story of, and according to, according to memory anyway, in the book, it's a true story of a missionary in Africa. And uh, he had been doing, uh, it was a medical missionary, and he had been doing work with just about anyone that would come by, but there was a specific place he was in. But there was a tribe nearby that uh, did not, uh, didn't like his work because he was doing medical work, but he was doing God's work also, sharing the gospel and, and so forth. Anyway, a local tribe took disliking to him. And uh, they came, and the uh, <laughs> the missionary was warned 
hey, this tribe is coming to kill you. The missionary did not leave. He stayed there. Then uh, the people that were in the clinic with him stayed, and as the story goes, the warriors showed up, and they were ready to wipe them out. And all of a sudden, they stopped. And the missionary was at the door, and he, he looked and he saw them. And then all of a sudden, the guy, they, the, the, uh, this tribe that was about to just attack and kill everybody had this really strange look on their faces. And they were looking around, and all of a sudden, they just turned around and left. And that was it. They didn't say anything. They just turned around and just, just, just took off. Later, according to the story, if I remember it right, one of the men in that war party got saved, came to know Jesus, and uh, had a relationship with Jesus, and he came to the clinic, and uh, he was being treated by that same doctor, missionary, missionary doctor, and uh, mentioned that he was from that group. And uh, the doctor uh, recalled that incident to him. And the man was there. And he said, and he said, and the missionary asked him, why didn't you attack? We were here. We were defenseless. There wasn't that many of us. I mean, your warrior band could have just, I mean, easily killed us all. And the guy the the man was 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 stunned he he was absolutely incredulous he could not he he looked at the doctor at the at the missionary and he said he says you mean you didn't see them and the missionary went i don't understand what do you mean didn't see him he's and, and the man said there were men of glittering gold huge standing all around your place. And they were terrifying. And they they had weapons and stuff. You didn't see them? And uh, what's amazing is, um, according to, that's a true story. Again, that's Billy Graham's book on angels, if you look and read that up. Anyway. The thing is, in spite of being in the hurricane, in spite of being in the tornado, in spite of being in the storm, you got to understand and know God is there. You're not alone. You're never alone. There's always the Spirit with you and everyone that, that, that is under the Spirit of God. So God takes care of his people. Now you remember Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. I think that's such a bad rap. Poor Thomas. Uh, anyway, in one of the uh, 12, one of the 12 apostles, he, uh, he had a moment, of course, if you remember, where he's just asking Jesus, and this is after the resurrection, where he's saying, you know, because he had already told the other apostles, hey, unless I, I you know, unless I touch him, I ain't going to believe it. 
Um, and then Jesus, of course, when he appeared, said, Hey, come here, touch me, touch me, look. But Jesus had something uh, at the end of that I thought was even was super profound, and that was this. It says, Jesus said to him, Because you've seen me, you believe? He said, yeah, he's talking to him, because you saw me, you see me, you believe? Oh, you, so you believe me now because, because you see me? He said, blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed. Okay, so that's us. And Jesus is saying, there's an extra measure of blessing in there. Because, because if you want to grip something tight with your senses... The problem is, is being able to see the force for the trees, being able to see the stars because of the sky. I mean, it's the king of the universe is there, and uh, I think I think Paul sums it up in Ephesians in in this way. He's talking to the Ephesians. He says. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Catch the phrase, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. So that's the thing. Elijah, Elisha, excuse me, he saw the messengers of God, he saw that army around him with the eyes of his heart. Jesus says, Thomas, Look with the eyes of your heart. That is what God wants us to look with. So when the next time you see chaos, crazy stuff, focus hard on the Word and talk to Jesus. Talk to God. And let the Spirit work through you so that the eyes of your heart can be opened and you can see the miracles that literally are unfolding all the way around you. Because they're there. But again, can't look with the eyes in your head. Gotta look with the eyes of your heart. And with that in mind, I want to keep you encouraged and always keep on speaking it on to this edition of speak it on and as always don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth and may god bless all of your life